Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Uh, standing by on the phone, and we're going to talk to her in a few minutes here, Linda Dobbin-Turner. Linda is a singer, songwriter, and author. And on the weekend, uh, she shared on social media an old video of myself and her and her son, Shane, from the 1997 Children's Hospital Telethon. And I want to play some of the audio from that video, and then we'll talk to Linda. Uh, So basically, they run a a little two-minute piece uh, highlighting the doctor that Linda and and Shane uh, were dealing with at the time. And then we come back live, and in 97... We were doing the telethon uh, at the Teddy Bears picnic at Assiniboine Park. And uh, here is a bit of the chat that I had with Linda. And she was holding her son, Shane, at the time from 1997. And joining us here, Linda Dobbins, as well as Shane. Hey, Shane. There's Shane having fun here at the picnic today. And we've also got the uh, grandparents back here. Uh, Linda, uh, talk about Dr. Uh, Rempel a little bit. Dr. Rempel is wonderful. We were sent to her after um, we'd been tested and we'd been going through a lot of stuff. Shane already had the tummy tube. And uh, he'd spent about two and a half, three years going through testing and, and finding out the problems. And it was all tied into the cerebral palsy. And it was finally after we'd, we'd uh, gone through all this, we went to Dr. Rempel, and it was the first time that anybody would ever watched Shane eat. Wow. With all the problems he'd had, nobody ever sat down and ever said, how does he do this? Right. And uh, it was her, her watching that that we realized that, you know, even with his... Uh, g-tube in there we still tried to keep reading as much as we could yeah and uh, it was her um seeing this that we realized he's never going to gain weight if we keep making him eat orally because yeah. uh you know monitoring how he his temperature climbs and how right. hard it is for him so yeah. uh, we just kind of fell in love with her yeah <laughs> something that we don't you know what swallowing i mean we all take things like that for granted i first watched the telethon six years ago um or five years ago and shane was about four months old and we hadn't quite realized what kind of problems we were looking at and at the time i thought how would anybody live through that like how do people stand with kids in the hospital but you go through it and you see the wonderful care and all the special things that are done for the kids it's uh it's it's not nice but it's uh certainly uh, a lot more wonderful than it could possibly be My conversation in 1997 with Linda Dobbin-Turner. And as Irene just said in a text message to 204-780-6868, Hal, you sound so young. Uh, Linda, come on in here. We were both much younger then, weren't we? Oh, younger, but not better, Hal. Not better, just younger. (laughs) I'll tell (laughs) you what. Talk to you again. Yeah, it's fantastic to speak with you. And as soon as you shared, and we haven't talked since '97, and and as soon as you shared that video, when you shared that video, I remembered instantly meeting you and Shane. Oh wow! (laughs) Yeah, and uh, uh, now, uh, and I'm so sorry to hear that that Shane passed away. Uh, just yeah. briefly tell us what Shane, what sort of things Shane was dealing with at that point and, and, uh, and, and talk a little bit about him. And then we'll get into what you're doing now, which has really got me inspired. Go ahead. Okay. Well, well, after we met you there, Shane carried on and uh, he spent his life um, as, we, as we were then with his wheelchair and his feeding tube. And, but he went on to go to school in McGregor Elementary School. And he carried on from there into McGregor High School, where he was going to school when he passed away. He was in grade 11. Um, and yet he really, you know, at the time I met you, it was pretty new on our journey. And uh, 
navigating the waters of the special needs world, which we uh, are not prepared for as parents. It's tough enough becoming a parent without realizing all this extra that's going to be added onto the palate. But, uh, you know, he just became the, the experience he had at school and the way they set up his entry into the school so that he was just always part of the culture and part of the classroom. And uh, through that experience, he ended up with a best friend in at age four that carried on and, and brought more people into his life. And they were still best friends when Shane passed away. And uh, so it was just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's almost a world. Uh, uh, it is a world ago. If he could look into my life right now, he wouldn't recognize any of it, I'm sure, except the pictures of him all over the place. But mm-hmm. And we don't really know what happened. You know, Shane had a lot of very close calls through his life. He had meningitis at one time and he had issues with uh, temperature spiking and, and, you know, possible seizures and stuff. And we had a lot of really, really scary times where you think, wow, I didn't didn't think he'd come through that. And and then uh, in March of 2009, he was he was just off, and we don't know why, but we dealt with Treehern Hospital, who were, you know, always fabulous, and they recognized that Shane couldn't speak and and, uh, and that I was his voice, and any time we showed up, we didn't make a habit of it, but they knew something had to be looked at, and um, yeah, so they, they'd put us in the hospital overnight, uh, or for a couple of nights, actually, and had run a bunch of tests, and we couldn't find one thing, and so... You know, on March uh, March 10th of 2009, him and I finished watching American Idol, and uh, I crawled into the bed that they pulled into the room beside him, just as they did every stay we had in hospitals. And uh, about 20 minutes after I shut the light off, I realized I couldn't hear, or I left my purse on his wheelchair tray, and I thought even in Treehorn, that's not a safe thing to do. And as I was debating whether or not I should get out of bed and retrieve it, I realized I couldn't hear him breathing. And I uh, jumped up and flipped on the light, and he was gone in that few short minutes. And uh, we don't really know what happened. Um, I have, as you remember in the video, I had these angels hovering behind me, my mom and my dad. Your parents, (laughs) yes. I was going to talk about your village. Yeah. And my dad had passed away the year before in March. He passed away on March 18th of 2008. And I'm pretty, and dad had had a stroke the last two years of his life. So he was in a wheelchair. So we were the only family in Lavenham that had two wheelchairs everywhere we went. But we were also fortunate we were the only family that had a two wheelchair van. So that was, you know, convenient. (laughs) Um, But uh, I still suspect that uh, when I closed my eyes that night, dad snuck in and said, come on, Shaney. There's no wheelchairs mm. on this side. Come with me. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, that was the end of of that world as I knew it. Mm. And uh, well, you and, and what? And I want to interrupt you because I, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and carry on our conversation because you mm-hmm. essentially you're you're a, a singer songwriter as I mentioned. You're an author, and you have sort of dedicated your life. Uh, to sharing the lessons you learned uh, along the way with Shane. And I, and I want to break there. We'll come back. I want to talk about this. And I'm going to play uh, Shane's song, or at least some of it, depending on time, a song okay. that you uh, did for Shane called When You Look At Me. I want to play some of that. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. It's 2.12 at CJOB. More with Linda Dobbin-Turner right after a quick break. Hal on CJOB. Al Anderson on 680 CJOB.
217 at CJOB. We're talking to Linda Dobbin Turner, singer, songwriter, and author. She shared a video from the Children's Hospital Telethon from 1997 on social media on the weekend, and I had to have her on here uh, today to uh, talk about uh, the lessons that she learned from uh, Shane, uh, who has since then passed away. Um, Linda, what's give me one or two really big lessons uh, that you were able to learn from Shane that you, you try and share with others today? I think the biggest lesson that I learned from Shane is just that we all have incredible value, uh, regardless of what our physical abilities are. And, um, you know, I, he came to me, I believe he chose me because I was the mother that needed to learn those lessons. I didn't always understand or appreciate differences, um, as deeply as I certainly do now, but, uh, he introduced me into a whole new world. I ended up, you know, through his, um, probably the last 10 years of his life. I was a regional coordinator in Manitoba for an independent living program called In the Company of Friends for individuals with uh, developmental disabilities, Um, become a a real voice for the voiceless and um, just trying to make sure that people are included and to see value in people and, you know, to really help people understand that all people belong in community, not, you know, hidden the way they were when we were children. And, uh, And yeah, so he just taught me so much about, you know, even you don't have to be able to have a voice to speak the volumes he did. He had 500 Mm -hmm. people show up at his funeral and and he'd never said a word or played a football game or, you know, it's just his presence and his spirit was, uh, yeah, it was life changing, I think, for so many of us. Hmm. And, you know, in that quarter century, uh, since we were on the telethon and, and that video that you put on social media on the weekend, that's that's been almost a quarter of a century. We've come a long way uh, in that area, haven't we? We really have. Yeah, we really have. I, You know, I remember, but even when Shane was born, I remember when we were trying to figure out, not when he was born, his problem started a little later, but as we were going through the process of trying to figure out what, what uh, you know, we were dealing with or what he was struggling with. And I remember a neurologist I dealt with at the Children's Hospital at the time and, and looking at the MRIs from the brain scan and saying to me as a mother, you know, of this child that was probably less than two at the time, uh, you know, you don't have to take this child home. There's places for kids like him. And it's like, what? <laughs> and of course, I mean, if they told me that in, in delivery or something, I would say, oh, okay, I guess that's the way it's done. But, um, and you know, so for me, it's, it's um, I don't know if that is still happening, but to have that, to know that that was happening less than 30 years ago, uh, but we have made definite headway. And I think people are, um recognizing the the value and diversity and that, you know, people can live full, rich lives in a community. They don't have to be in an institutional setting, uh, provided they have the supports in place. And, uh, you know, we're always, the, I know that at least we in, in the, the province and in the country, I think, keep pushing towards what is better. Um, I should have known more about how to support Shane had I had the chance to meet people with different disabilities when I was younger. But in my growing up, uh, they were all either pushed away or in a special school somewhere else. And I remember getting a letter when Shane was about 10 in the mail, and it was an on, on, anonymous letter from a concerned parent that came to me. And I still don't know, but it was like two pages of why Shane shouldn't be in the school and how, you know, he was a waste of taxpayers' dollars and he should be in a, a place for special 
people like him. And and uh, so I think, uh, I don't know who wrote that letter, but it's been one hell of a wonderful teaching tool for the last 20 years in terms of why we need to keep talking mm-hmm. and having, you know, people seen for the value they they create in our lives and they offer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play a bit of at least a couple of minutes as we say goodbye here in three or four minutes. I want to play at least a couple minutes of Shane's song, a song that you wrote and performed called When You Look at Me. Uh, mm-hmm. But music has become a big part of your life after Shane. I'm sure it was during your life with Shane, but uh, a real big part now. Explain. It, yeah, well, music has always defined who I am. Uh, when Shane came along, I had to drop the guitar and the singer-songwriting because he needed all of my creativity. Um, and then when I started dabbling, he kind of hated my music, so he made it very difficult. <laughs> but uh, but in the years since his past, I've really gone back to who I am, and I think we all come with a purpose and a and a message in life to share. And I know mine is through music, and uh, it always has been. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm really really fortunate through through the years we've gotten to the place where I can just focus. I'm doing a lot of work right now, co-writing with a producer in Nashville that I've gotten to know in the last couple of years. And, and, you know, some of the best music ever is coming out of that and just loving it. But, but always to me, music is uh, one of my tools for helping to heal or try and help the world. So uh, you don't find a lot of uh, bubblegum smacking <laughs> head banging stuff it's it's yeah. usually try and make it music with a message but um i know it's certainly been a huge part of my healing and i believe it's a part of um you know hopefully healing other other hearts that are struggling from either the losses that i've endured or the bumps in the journey that have made it a lot rougher than it could have been but it made us who who we are so Mm-hmm. Yeah, Linda, and the writing as well has. Yeah, and, and, the, and the writing as well. And I yeah. encourage people to go to your website, lindadobbinturner.ca. Linda is with a Y, Dobbin with two Bs. lindadobbinturner.ca. Your music is there, some of your writings. Um, somebody may be in a situation that you were in, uh, like you were in with Shane, and they may want to reach out to you, and I know you're you're more than willing to help. Linda, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that video. It, it, it really touched oh. me. And I, I can't Thank wait you. to play a bit of this song, Shane's song, uh, When You Look At Me. All the best, Linda. Thank you so much, Hal. Very much appreciate you, and, and have a great day. Thank you very much. When You Look At Me, Shane's song, Linda Dobbin-Turner on CJOB. When you look at me Don't just see what your eyes see A body that won't listen to my will If you'd look inside Very soon you'd realize There's a fire that these struggles cannot kill See my heart, see my spirit See the light that shines in me See the love I could offer Or the friend that I would be All I ask when you're looking Please don't only see What it is That your eyes alone see And when you talk with me Know the words that 
I can't say. They're in me, but they're locked so deep inside. And it's not that I don't know, and it's not that I don't care. And you would know that if you'd look me in the eyes. Hear my heart, hear my spirit, hear the voice that hides in me. Hear the love I could offer, or the friend that I would be. All I ask when you're with me, please don't only hear just those words that might fall upon your ears. The way we travel's different, but this road we're on's the same. And if you'll journey with me a while, you'll be glad you came. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.